0: Anyway, did you want to talk about something? Yeah, you were going to tell me
1: where you found today. Oh, I found hell. You did. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I found hell in the Bermuda Triangle. Well, you know, it's got to be somewhere.
0: It's, I, I was, I was surprised. I admit, but I, in a way, are you
1: shocked? Color me. Yeah. You were, you, were today the, you were today years old. I was today it? years old. I think oh, of the phrases. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or till. T I L. Today I learned. Yeah. Hell is in the Bermuda Triangle.
1: Yeah. Music goes here? Might as well. All right. <laughs> It doesn't sound like that. Why do I just do that? I thought you were going to go into kind of... I thought you were... You see, where I
0: thought you were going... Where I thought you were
1: going?
0: before you started with that.
1: It works.
0: I thought you were gonna go. do do do
1: oh okay are we doing the ds9 or the fanfare for the common man for the common man i was thinking kind of start the same ds9 doesn't start like the
0: the common man ds9 starts what does ds9 do ds9 goes
1: it's got fanfare for the common man running running all the way through the middle of it i
0: suppose it has yeah Anyway, I might have to edit that out because I have a horrible, horrible voice when I try and no. make melody <clears throat> it. it'll be fine. Um, but yes, so... Um, Hell. He- no.
1: Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Wagner. 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 Excitement.
0: Excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Ding. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um... I can't even remember what I was going to say. <clears throat> no, I'm good. Shall I explain to you why
1: I found Helen at the Bermuda Triangle? Why you found it or how you found how it? How I found it or why I found it. Well, both, really. really yeah, go was. for it. Let's do this. All right, well, lovely listeners, I'm going to just... Do you want to say hello first and then we can tell them how we found sure. Helen at the Bermuda Triangle? Sure. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. <sighs> Welcome to episode... One hundred and fifty. Oh, Frithcat! It's a special number. It is. Comes right after one four nine and before one five one. Fits nicely in that gap. Keeps them apart
0: because yeah. you know what they're like. Otherwise, you I let them do. get to get close together, they'll fight.
1: Yeah, whole magnetism chicken thing.
0: One fifty is the one that stands between, like holding holding their arms out. Yeah. Going mate, it's not worth
1: it. Leave it. <laughs> That was shockingly accurate Thank you. for our town on a Saturday night. <laughs> uh,
0: you see, you think I've never been out on the tiles, having a t- painting the town red. I don't know what these expressions
1: mean. I have no clue.
0: I mean, it's just.
1: I've no. been in. I've been in fights. See, I think it would be just... I've run away from fights. The most amazing thing to have beverages flavoured with citrus. <laughs>
0: I've run away from those as well. Yeah, me too. Lemonade um, is scary stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Give me limes. Limes. Oh, no. Oh, I pref- much I prefer limes. Too to lemonade. Do you know a thing? <clears throat> I'll tell you a thing. The word lime...
1: Yeah,
0: for the green fruits. Yeah, the
1: tangy green fruits. They're just like lemons but painted green.
0: They are. Yeah. Um. You see, I now you see. Yesterday I was thinking to myself, lime. I was thinking because I quite like limes. I could take and leave lemons, and I was thinking. I remember hearing something about it was a matter of molecular chirality.
1: Yeah. That the molecules go like left hand swapped a wee bit or right hand. It's an S twist or a Z twist. But it's not. Mm. That's between lemons and oranges. Oh, that's mad. Not lemons. Oranges are limes. huge. Now, limes,
0: contrary to popular belief, are not actually... They're related to lemons, but they're not... Some people say, oh, limes are just lemons that haven't ripened yet. Yeah. And it's like, no, they're actually different fruit, but they are quite they are closely related. But what I didn't know was that lime, the word lime, um, whence we get the term limey for the British, because we apparently something to do with fending off scurvy, we used to take limes on... We chips did. in the Navy yeah. or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I've never been in the Navy. What would I know about it? But lime actually comes from the French word lime. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. I've only seen it written down. Which comes from an Arabic word "limu." Again, my Arabic is bad. And I've only ever seen it written down. And not in Arabic either. It was written down in Roman.
1: Yeah.
0: And that comes from a Persian word, which was like... Similar. But that Persian word means lemon. Huh. So go figure that. Can't. I can't neither. What was I talking
1: about? Limes.
0: We were introducing ourselves, weren't
1: we? Yes. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome to episode 150 of Frithcast. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Settle in. Warm your knees. Grab a drink of choice. Grab the biscuit tin. You know where all the stuff is by now. You've been with us often enough. Settle in, make yourselves at
0: home. Unless you knew, in which case, just nudge somebody who's been <laughs> with us and who knows where all the things are yeah. and just ask them where all the things are. You'll pick it up in no time at all.
1: Not not a tiny amount of line time. Indeed. No. The
0: advantage about it being a virtual campfire is that wherever you think something ought to be, that's pretty much where it is.
1: Yeah, it's like a psychosomatic campfire.
0: Psychoreactive possibly?
1: Yeah. What did I say?
0: Psychosomatic. The other thing. I mean psychosomatic, yeah. Cause I I, yeah. I do that, you know. I you know, I tell myself I've got a symptom and there it is. It's...
1: Well we tell ourselves we've got a campfire and there it is. Exactly. So yeah. it kind of works. I suppose it works. It yeah, works. Yeah. It works. Yep, 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 Welcome around the slightly psychosomatic <laughs> virtual campfire lovely lovely listeners i am half your hosting team my name is suzanne martin i am a heathen with a head full of stuff some of it's useful on occasion
0: and i'm kate i'm a sort of a coffee-powered druidic type a roman pagan with a head full of very little um and i've got cracks all over my phone screen
1: that's harsh
0: which is Really, bugging me.
1: It, it would.
0: I know. Yeah. You see, the thing is, because we're because because we're poor, and have only our dreams. No. Um, I have
1: spread my don't do it under your feet. Don't
0: do it. All I can see because it's not it's not even as if it's
1: not even as, I, as if I get
0: some <clears throat> some like literary what's it out of it. I literally just see Sean Bean reading a book.
1: That's good enough for me to be fair. And, and and that man could weed the weather report and I would be a very happy person. And
0: Christian Bale pointing a gun at him. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what that poem does now to me.
1: Of course it does.
0: It evokes Yeah. Sean
1: Bean. It's the standard evocation for a Sean Bean. For Sean Bean
0: <laughs> <laughs> If you need somebody to get killed halfway through your halfway through your movie. Yeah. That's the poem that you Do recite. Do you stand
1: at a vacation to Sean Bean five cc's of mouse blood? <laughs> Listen, did we have something to talk about? We did! Okay. We did! Because we're like... But you were going to talk about how you found hell in the Bermuda Triangle. I Yes, I was. Um, yes. Now, as you know,
0: um, lovely listeners, um, the, the Frithcast experience is brought
1: to you... Uh, by it, an awful lot of coffee.
0: Entirely by me and uh, Suzanne... And coffee uh, And the support of our lovely friends at Awaken the North Yes um, Who are very supportive and lovely and friends They are Uh, It's a fantastic exclusive exclusive. (laughs) No, the other thing It's a fantastic inclusive It is It's the most exclusive inclusive It's an inclusive heathen group um, Based in the US Very nice people Branches everywhere. Go look them up on the internet. Go find... They've got a Discord server. Lots and lots of great channels. People chatting. Active. Lively. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, We heartily recommend them. I confused myself. Anyway, point is, we are not a commercial operation.
1: We are so far from commercial, it's unreal. (laughs) We do not take... We are so far out of commercial, we're almost in it again, going backwards.
0: (laughs) We have not (laughs) taken any sponsorships from anyone. So... When I talk to you, dear listeners,
1: about a,
0: um, a an online service that I might have used for the following search, involving placing three words in a line and mapping them to a set of geographical coordinates, yes, um, we are not affiliated with the said three-word-based locative service.
1: Locative service?
0: <laughs> well, locative is grammatical term, really, but you know yeah, what
1: I mean. Close enough. Um, locomotive service? I was
0: using what three words? Yes. Um, which is actually, I, it is a it is a, a system I, I quite like and basically the the idea is they've broken up the entire surface of the earth into I think two meter squares. Yeah. Uh, and each one of those two meter squares is identified by a set of three words.
1: Yes. I, so brilliant I, for things like coastal rescue, yep. mountain rescue, where you think I have no clue where I am but your app on your phone knows exactly where you are can give you a three-word coordinate which you can then give to rescuing services. Yeah.
0: And it's 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 all it's all nicely done because the, the, mm. the word combinations are such that you won't get two that are close to each other that sound the same. And it's much easier to convey three words over the phone to emergency services or what have you than it is to mess about with lengthy sets of numbers for coordinates or yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. So it's it's quite a it's quite a decent system. And it has some it has some that I'm I'm it has a couple that I'm very suspicious about. as to how random they are. I believe the front door of 10 Downing Street, uh, the seat of the UK government. A a
1: notable political address in the United Kingdom. Yeah,
0: the the front door of 10 Downing Street is is at a location, I think it was insert caring brain.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I did a search the other day because you mentioned that, uh, you Suzanne, not you lovely listeners. That's me. You mentioned to me that Hell's Hall. Yes was known as Damp with Sleet.
1: Elyuthnia, yes. Yes,
0: but in English it's Damp with Sleet. Damp with Sleet. And I, for some reason it occurred to me, I I just decided to go to What Three Words and type in Damp with Sleet. And it turns out it's in the Bermuda Triangle.
1: That's eerie, but also good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was cool.
1: It is very cool.
0: I'm not going to make a whole episode out of it.
1: No.
0: I mean, I nearly have made a whole episode out of it, but... <laughs> I just thought it was
1: fun. It is. It's yeah. very fun, and again, you know, awesome but random. Yeah. Which is kind of what we're we're known for the un, uh, but randoms. Yeah. Because we kind of do them all the time.
0: We do. We do. But that said, random but random. Yeah. Did we have an actual
1: topic? Wagner. Uh, what? Technically, the costumes. Wagner's costumes. Well. Not Wagner's costumes. Oh, the
0: costumes associated by those performing the works of Wagner.
1: Yes. Right. Technically a very small part of the costumes associated with those performing the works of Wagner. Mind you, did Wagner
0: did the music, didn't he? Yeah. But all like the, 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 the mad operas and things and the, 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 the sort of people like bouncing around being all I've just got that being all sopranos like valkyrie sopranos and stuff yeah yeah i've got that image from and the, the image is mostly from terry pratchett of course um of of like somebody being brunhilde and substantial substantial yeah going around singing at a, a sort of soprano valkyrie kind of yeah attitude um but wagner did wagner compose the actual operas or did he just did he do the music and then somebody else made it into an opera i can't remember or is it not in the opera at all Ride of the Valkyries was an overture, wasn't it?
1: It was. It's the the not even the most famousest part of that opera. Opera only it well, it's is. It's not now. even part of that opera, is it? No, it's... it's just the incidental lift music.
0: Yeah, it's while everybody's finding their seats. <laughs>
1: yeah, and he's like, that is mad. That is a genius piece of the OST, <clears throat> and you're using it for the finding seat music. Yeah,
0: and then that well, and then uh, was it Kubrick came along and used it in Apocalypse Now mm. for the helicopter scene, which by the way, the Bit I enjoyed most. I mean, you know, think what you like about the the Star Wars prequels, sequels. Sorry, but that moment in Force Awakens, where they have the Tie Fighters coming in against the setting sun.
1: Yes, they use it in the modern remakes of King Kong as well.
0: Straight out of Apocalypse Now, yeah. and it just looked awesome with Tie Fighters. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, most anyway. things look awesome with Tie Fighters.
0: Oh, true enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the, the the ride of the Valk- Then it got used in like everything after that, especially things related to helicopters. I remember, used put, remember playing Gunship, which was a, um, a computer simulation game of the uh, Apache uh, attack helicopter, with which I do not identify, by the way. Um, that used ride of the Valkyries. But you were saying about the the, the costumes associated with those p- productions.
1: Well, yeah, rewind and go sideways a little bit, which <laughs> is what we usually do. I'm thinking about um, the, the popular conceptions of Vikings. Okay. And what you tend to get, especially now as everybody is in on the joke, is plastic horned helmets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get them at souvenir shops, you get them being sold to kids... Even though everybody knows that they're not, the Vikings did not wear horned helmets, that's become kind of a, I don't know, a meme within a meme. It's become like originally the Vikings wore horned helmets, so everybody had, you know, depictions of them with horned helmets on. Now we all know that they didn't, so the gag is the fact that we still sell them because it's funny.
0: But it's a way to, yeah, I mean, it's a shorthand Mm -hmm. way to signal. Viking.
1: Yeah. And it's like,
0: do they sell them at Jorvik? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they do. You know, somewhere like that, that's that's very, very, you know, committed to, to the history and all that kind of thing. And they will still sell them because they're a good way of saying Viking. Yeah. You know, because that 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 sort of, they're a symbol, essentially.
1: So I wanted to look a bit about where we get plastic horned helmets, where we get that imagery from. And it turns out that it's part of... There's a big kind of fascination with Norse and Norse culture, along with Greco-Roman in the... You first start getting glimmers of it in the 1550s, and then gradually it comes up in the late 1700s, early 1800s. Okay. You get kind of the Norse revival, and they're looking at... Germanic origin stories that aren't Romano Greek, yep. so they quite. They get quite fascinated with the Germanic, the early Germanic peoples, mm. and by extension, the Vikings.
0: I mean, historically, there's always been a sort of a. I don't want to. I don't want to be too um, sort of, you know, too politicized about it. But but just the same as there is a there is a line broadly across the United Kingdom that separates the areas that came under danish control yes um and the areas that remained saxon Mm -hmm. is saxon would saxon be the right word for that period Uh, Ish. yeah i don't i'm trying to work out the, the the time scales involved the romans left in 410 then you have a period of uh settlement and expansion with the the Angles and the Saxons and the Dane, the, the Danes, the Dukes, the Dukes, yeah, coming in from what we now think of as the area of sort of Germany, Belgium, yeah, but you end up with, and then you have you have the the, the, the Danes and the Norwegians and whatever coming in at the top, mm-hmm. and so you end up with this kind of diagonal line across the UK, where the Dane law, the Dane law, there's a lot of sort of um, cultural remnants, town names, place names, all that kind of thing that are very Danish in the north. And in the south, everything's very Anglic. I'm trying to think what the right word would be. Yeah, Germanic. medieval, Germanic. Yeah. So is it fair to say that there's also a line down Europe because there was always a very firm dividing river, basically between what came under Roman control and what never managed. They never managed to
1: get hold of. So no, you... I don't know. I mean, I know it was a big. A big thing that that river was the the big kind of border crossing between what they re you know the romans regarded as the the, the civilized world and the towns and the cities that they were mm. gradually turning roman and then the wilds yeah and they would use the barbarians beyond as a way to lampoon the morals of a rotten hearted rome yeah yeah by saying, well, the barbarians are more civilised than we are, because they do all this amazing stuff, yeah, and we're just pants now, and we're not so good, but yeah, they, <clears throat> um, I, I think they did have a bit of an excursion at Teutoburg. Well, mm-hmm, yeah. Maybe yeah. a little bit of one, <clears throat> but I don't know whether that's a demarcation that gets represented, that echoes through into what cultures they have now. I'm not sure how that well, the only would actually come across. The only
0: reason I sort of butted into that, w- with that, was was because I know that um, the, if we're talking about a sort of a beginnings of a revival, of, I don't want to say nationalist,
1: but I'm well, going to have to say national identity. Yeah, yeah.
0: If that's what's sort of starting starting to to emerge, well, that I know had always been that you mentioned Tutoberg, mm. which in uh, A.D. nine. Was the um, the location of a severe defeat of Roman forces by um, Cheruski? They were uh, one I of the tribe? one of the Germanic yeah. tribes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their leader was a guy called Arminius. Uh, I think they call him Herman in uh, the, the 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 Germanic languages. Yeah. But his Roman name was Arminius, and he was um he was a guy. I think he was some kind of advisor or something. Uh, but he remained loyal to his sort of home people and basically uh, drew um, the, the, the local governor. Roman governor was a guy called Quintilius Varus. And he was drawn, he t- took some legions into the Teutoburg forest.
1: Not a good idea.
0: It wasn't a good idea because there were Cherusci waiting for them.
1: Yeah, that's the not good
0: idea part. So legions being trained for open field yes combat. lines lines and all that kind of thing yeah. they couldn't maintain lines and they just got picked off On account of trees the entire set of them, I, th- I believe i believe in military terms they call it a defeat in detail ouch so it takes Sashay over a period of t- basically it takes over a period of time <clears throat> yeah. the, the 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 german tribesmen just basically picked away at these legions until there was just nobody left um wow. and that was basically it at that point, Rome went, that's as far as we're going. We're not taking it any further. We didn't want Germany anyway. <laughs> um, After all that. Um, we definitely didn't want We could have taken it if we wanted to. But we didn't want to. Um, and they just basically stopped. So they stopped at the Rhine and they didn't go any further. Yeah. And Arminius ended up being quite the the, the sort of folk hero for, uh, for quite a long time. So I'm just thinking if, if they're looking for, um, you know, stories and legends and myths and things that don't involve
1: romano-greek classical
0: influences Mm. that
1: would be the sort of thing they would i Armenius is where they pick him up and Mm. he becomes a an ancient hero or he he does now Mm. so but yes helmets 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 with horns on that are so Very enamoured in plastic that you will find (laughs) at almost every Viking festival. Somebody will be wearing them. Alternately, a stag party or, more rarely, a hen party will be wearing plastic horned helmets. Occasionally. And doing their thing. Mm -hmm. But where they come from, where do we get that such a, a solid association with northern Scandinavian people with the Viking culture with that era we get this absolute concrete understanding that they are they horned helmets is the way to go and it's where that comes from and it's not from the the Viking Age itself we have no Viking Age helmets found with horns on them or even fittings and sockets for horns on them okay but what we do have is a uh, an 1878 performance of a Wagner opera all right the ring of the nibelungs yep and the costume designer for that even though they were trying to move away from the romano greek influence if you go back and look at his costumes and yes we'll put a link in the description He's got very much Romano Greek influences, pleated material and sandals going on. All these lovely cloaks.
0: All these lovely cloaks and things that are basically togas, but.
1: Yeah, definitely not togas. Um, And his costume designs for that particular, that one opera in 1878 Mm -hmm. some of the helmets are just helmets, a lot of the helmets have wings on the side. Right. And there's a good number of helmets with horns on the Yay. side. There they are. And that's the first... And that's it? That's, that's where this starts. Wow. Is it an 18th century, 1878 opera? You see, I had... part of that German romantic classicist revival of looking for an identity that was not Romano-Greek. He makes an opera up. And the costume designer decides to fit the helmets with horns.
0: See, I had it in my head. I knew, obviously. I'd, I've, I've, I've known you long enough to have learned that Vikings didn't wear horn helmets. They did not.
1: Um, Going through revolving doors. Can you imagine? You would get stuck. I, I if you worry. To go into your monastery. You just go clunk.
0: While we're doing authentic Norse uh, legends and myths, hell. Yes. Right. As played by Kate Blanchett. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Did not see that coming, but I'm with you. She's the authentic you know, we're talking we're talking authenticity. This is This is like Beowulf's mum painted in gold, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. I mean the horns on her hat. Yeah. We're just You're not going to the only way you're getting through doors with those on is sideways. She's just now
0: yeah. I mean I no mean, wonder no wonder she turns into 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 like a, a ruthless Planet dominating tyrant, with like exploding powers.
1: I mean, things. you've always it's got somewhere to put you
0: put your keys, but true. You
1: know, you're never gonna get through a doorway.
0: True, and you could decorate it at Christmas. You could. I guess you could put like, lights, hang on. baubles off it. Yeah. Um. No. I. What I was gonna. What I was gonna say was though, because I, I always thought you wrap them in tinsel. <laughs> bunting. We've bunting. had we've had bunting already this evening. i have two re- two references to bunting um sorry i don't know what happened there um but no i was you see the thing is i always thought that the the horned helmets came from history but from someone else i had it in my head that like there was some
1: ceremonial i keep wanting to say anglo-saxon i know i'm not supposed to say that Um, There is a Danish prehistoric helmet that has metal horns on it. Okay. But they don't stick out sideways, they go up. Oh, right, okay. And they've got like a little twist curl to them. Ooh. But they don't, like, you'll see on most of the modern depictions that it's like little short cow horns. Yeah. And they stick out sideways. So, yeah, different, completely different kind of Oh, wow, okay, fair enough. And the fact that you've then got these helmets with wings on the side, in a lot of his other costume designs now that's his very kind of classical like Hermes i was just hat with say, wings on thing going on because hermes mm.
0: i've I've always seen Hermes as having winged feet or winged shoes yes he always has wings coming out of his ankles yeah yeah whether that whether it's his ankles or the, or the, the the ankles or his shoes that he's wearing and sometimes you see him with a with a, a winged hat, winged helmet. But I've yeah, never yeah. been entirely sure which, if either, was actually authentic. You know, how would the Greeks have seen him? Now, I mean, I, I obviously when I think of Mercury, who is syncretized with Hermes and serves the same purpose in the Roman pantheon, but I don't tend to think of Mercury as having a specific form. Um, but I've never been so sure. So you're saying that they, they got the, the winged helmet came from him or just... That Not it was necessarily similar.
1: came from him, but it's a very classical influence mm, from, mm. for designs that were trying to move away from that classical thing and go into finding an identity of their own that wasn't Romano-Greek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's strange to me also that a few years before the opera came out, we get the first time the Viking Age is named as the Viking Age. Okay, like eighteen seventy three, that period of history is called the Viking Age for the first time. Oh, okay. So yeah, because we've got Viking etymologists, the people who do like Google Maps with words, yeah, <laughs> um, are still trying to figure out, and the best guess they've got is that it means somebody who goes on those raids, uh, sea raids, sea pirates. Mm. somebody who does that as an occupation not as a a whole peoples
0: yeah i mean i i understood <laughs> that it was it was to do with you a you know, viking was what you did
1: not, yes, not not who you were not who you were so you went a viking okay then you came back and you went a farmering yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you went a shoemaking and you went a uh, herding and that then you was... went a farming again and cop then you was... went back a viking the following year so 1873, you get the first name of the Viking Age. And it's interesting to me that they, they name the age after those naval attacks on foreign shores. That expansionist empire is resonating hard with what they saw was not an empire expanding, but an empire... Going into other territories and taking spoils and bringing them back, I mean, making we're... their homeland riches. So our our entire understanding, like uh, our way of describing the Viking Age, is when those attacks start and when they stop. I'm guessing that probably
0: must have appealed at the time because it would give it would yes, it would enable them to to, to sort of separate themselves out from Roman history. But at the same time, if we're talking the eighteen 17-1800s, eighteen hundreds, you're bang in the middle of the peak of imperial expansion yeah. from Europe. And so
1: you've colonialist got colonialist British Empire.
0: Yeah. So every every country that thought it was worth its salt was trying to get in on the land grab. Yeah. You know, they were all trying to, 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 to sort of um, you know, plunder anything they could find and, and and you know, that they would be the best in the richest empire and naming an
1: age in the past and harking back to when it did exactly the same yeah but the thing is i'm wondering
0: whether that's obviously the period that they're concentrating on because those attacks are happening through you know the the the, the raids on britain and 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 various other sort of places that the 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 vikings were were finding their way to and they were they were running raids so they were getting out there they were looting places they were also trading. They were yes. also settling.
1: Yeah, but they didn't name it like the the excellent craftsman's age. Yeah,
0: they named yeah. it the
1: pirate age. They named it the raiding age.
0: Because they were looking for, and I'm I, I'm going to say that like it's a fact. You know, it, it, it strikes me that they may have been looking for a historical justification.
1: Yeah, legitimacy for what they're actually legitimacy. Yes. Yeah. So they're
0: saying, well, you know, the the Romans did it. They 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 created this empire and conquered everyone yeah um the vikings did it yeah or the norse did it or whatever they
1: went out and they took goods and they brought them back and made their homeland
0: richer and
1: by this time in slaves and coins and goods and trade and did exactly what they were doing
0: by this time the british are doing it the english had been doing it before then the spanish the dutch the french they were all in on it yeah and i wonder how much of it if you're saying this this concept of the the age only appeared sort of in the the, the sort of eighteen
1: hundreds period late eighteen
0: hundreds. It does make you wonder exactly how much of it was supposed to 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 promote that idea that hey it's okay, it's what
1: we have our own unique cultural and national identities. Yeah. We like to take those out. Oh god, this is
0: fraught. We are gonna get into so much trouble for talking about this stuff. Yeah, we acknowledge
1: that eighteen seventy three it's not the first time you get that Norse revival age. And it's not the first time the past is used to justify what is going on. Yeah. And used to augment what is going on. Mm. And the, the biggest examples then are what happened in national socialist Germany in the 1930s. Yeah. We've got a touch on it. We have. We it. Because I'm not ignoring it. And, very much how they use and manipulate the past mm. to create a, an image for themselves. Yeah, alongside what they're doing. I I so... I like the
0: bit where we just talk about plastic helmets, but <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so no, it's... you're right. Unfortunately, I mean any 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 discussion, no matter how superficial you want to keep it, or how light you want to keep it, any discussion of.
1: National I mean, identity there was and a, the way the past is used to create that identity.
0: Yeah, there was a. I mean, there was a Europe wide, what I might call, a, a romantic revival. Yes. What you might also call it a pagan revival to some extent, because yeah. it's where a lot of
1: was the pagan revival here in the uk in the yeah. late 60s early 70s
0: oh yeah certainly there was, there, that was there was, was that, another
1: that. revival movement in the 80s but this
0: was this this thing was was across europe through the the 1800s and maybe even into the uh, back into the 1700s yeah
1: um well that's sort of mid-1550s with the printing press yeah starts yeah. distributing the poetic copies of the poetic and prose edda mm. and i suppose you know you you had that that part
0: of you know as part of that i guess uh, you ended up with the the the, the Wag, wagnerian wagnerian yeah. sorry um interest in you know all things viking and all that kind of stuff also came up and as you say it's just unfortunate that it was co-opted, co-opted. later on
1: yeah. yeah but it's not their co-opting of it in 1930s across europe isn't the last or the first time that that happens no and so we get in the uk in the late 60s early 70s you get the start of a pagan revival people start getting interested in religions and faiths that have gone before Mm -hmm. you certainly then have the 1980s and you start getting the the beginnings of a very, very tiny internet message boards and email chains that go round people yep. with this very new technology. And suddenly heathens can connect to each other in ways that we never have. Yeah, We've never done it before that point. We've never been able to maybe talk to another heathen or know that any other heathens exist. And we start forming communities. We start forming groups. We start forming message boards. Mm. We start forming um, email forums where you get chains of emails getting bounced around a dozen addresses at a time. Cracky, yeah. And then gradually, as the internet becomes more and more sophisticated, we start getting the rise of things like Bebo, live journals, social media, websites that you could code yourself. Mm. What an absolute revolution!
0: And I suppose, in a way, this is this is the point where we started being able to, and I, I say we, you know, heathens and other pagans, uh, especially those of a sort of historical uh, leaning, you know. So you've got Norse pagans like yourself, Roman pagans like me, Kemetics, Kemetics, you know, and all of these can start looking at. The history but actually this is in a way this 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 advance in communication is probably what gives us the best opportunity to shake off the uh the 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 the, the sort of
1: being able to the poisonous separate. elements
0: of the past
1: yes acknowledging them for the full weight that they have yeah but also choosing whether we want that influence in our own practice. And mm. we're back to what we talked about in the last episode. Mm. What We are in the modern day, but we carry the weight of days behind us. Yeah, And the weight of those days of how people used an interpretation of the past, how they named the past, mm. how they created images of the past that still resonate through to us, you know, 18th century opera design, we now get plastic horned helmets that get worn on stag dudes. That, and which that is was hilariously funny because everybody knows they're false, even though in the 80s it was deadly serious and everybody knew it was true. Yeah. And so it's how we, how are we collectively creating and using a past? Are we looking at consciously decolonizing our thinking?
0: Mm.
1: Are we looking at where these elements come from how they've been used in the past whether we want to by simply following the faith where we're continuing those threads yeah but how we choose to continue those inside our own practice that's an individual matter
0: i think yeah i think the 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 important thing you know i mean certainly from my perspective i have we have we roman pagans have nazi problems as well mm. um you know, they were they were pretty liberal uh, about, that was a bad word, the only thing they were liberal on was how it was stealing stuff from other cultures. And they took a lot of what they thought was Roman as well. Mm. I mean, the Roman, the, the salute that they use is supposed to be a Roman salute. There's no evidence the Romans ever did that. No. Even though, again, that's that's another thing that's now in all the
1: films. Yeah, but it's again you know, a creation and appropriation of the yeah. past. Um but the past you're... is a lens through which we see the present. Yeah,
0: but you see them with the eagles and the banners and mm. all that stuff. Um,
1: and I think
0: you know we have a responsibility as modern pagans to to look at things in in kind of two ways. First of all, we are f- you know we recognise modern gods. In the modern age yes you know for whatever these societies used to be and for whatever their practices towards the gods used to be the gods exist in the modern age With us, we are not trying now. to go back into the past and be what their worshippers back then would have been no um, by very nature we can't yeah so that's one side of it we have to we have to attend to what our gods want of us now um, but also, I think it's important to go into, into the past in the sense of being aware of that culture and that's, those symbols and what have you. But look further back. Don't just stop at, you know, the, the Wagner operas that give us horned helmets. Don't yeah. just stop at, you know, the eagles and the banners and stuff yeah. like that. Go past that. Go further back and see what was really happening back then. And that's how, where you're going to get your proper understanding
1: of, of of all this from. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, pretty deep. Sorry, lovely listeners, we're going to go in all out, all out on you in these last couple of episodes. Yeah, it wasn't. We're kind of hoping that your brains are okay. It was supposed to be just plastic horned helmets, that's all. I mean, we that's started literally there. all yeah. we were going to talk about. We can still get them. We were going to be like 20 minutes on horned you know, helmets and then... Heathens don't wake up with a hangover and traffic cones. We wake up with a hangover and plastic horned helmets. Yeah. We were going to do that. Yeah.
0: And we ended up with bloody God's damn Nazis again. Well. We promise no Nazis next time. Yeah. Can we promise that? Probably. We'll do our best not to have any Nazis next time.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's complicated and it isn't simple. History Mm. is nuanced and every time we are reading something or looking at something, we are interpreting it in our own way with our own bias and our own cultural values coming to it. Yep. So even us looking at how people interpreted the past in the past Mm -hmm. and how they are using that past, um, whether it's the examples we've talked about or whether it's kings holding their lineage back to Odin, how they are connecting to a past.
0: Yeah, sorry. I just I love that, the idea that that somebody can say, oh, yeah, I'm king because I'm
1: descended from Odin. And I'm like... Okay, prove it. They did. They had a big piece of paper with it written all down. Oh, well, that'll, that that'll, was the proof. That does it then. Yeah, um, that um, was exactly not a it. What am I
0: thinking? of? not a letter of mark and reprisal.
1: No, um, wrong, wrong letter. <laughs> Patents of nobility. That's what I'm. There we go. Up. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So yeah, it's it's kind of some big thoughts and things. Thoughts like this for me take a bit to unpick. Yeah. So yeah, we might have just kind of bounced around like a bit of a pinball but it's worth going back into and starting to unpick some of these circumstances and starting to think some of these things through Mm. we can't tell you how to heathen no but we can tell you the past is dark and full of terrors
0: you pretty much that we can also that still
1: works actually yeah
0: we can tell you not to nazi though
1: yeah we can don't nazi no please yeah don't go there it's not a good look no Lovely listeners, we're going to leave you with that very succinct thought <laughs> from Kate. <laughs> if you would like to find us online, you can. Moral of the story. <laughs> 52 minutes in, you come up with that, Jim. We could have just started with that and said hello and goodbye. we have been sorry. Gone. We really could, yeah. <sighs> if you would like to find us online, come and talk to us about this stuff. Come and. Let's have these discussions. Let's open up discussions about national identity, about modern where modern politics is based, about our cultural understandings. Let's yeah, let's dig into this and let's do it together. Let's find these things out. If you does it does it really
0: this... need to be a part of our practice? Because I well, you know how I feel about nations and yes. stuff like that.
1: But I'm by not a fan. who we are, mm. we're, we've got that intrinsic culture built in. Yeah. So we have that unconscious bias towards nation. Yeah, yeah. And towards, in our case, growing up in the UK, colonialist and empire thinking yeah. and practice, empire influenced practice and thinking. Yeah. Which takes a bit to unpick. Mm. And that's, yeah, that's a whole different, journey towards active anti-racist practice Mm. which again is a huge conscious decision to take yeah lovely listeners we're going to leave you with those final thoughts we will talk to you all next time for episode 151 if you would like to find us online you can find me my name is suzanne martin i was about to say i'm a heathen with a head full of stuff it's the other one that's the one at the
0: beginning yeah Yeah. that's the one at the beginning
1: I'm on Facebook under that name. Is that the one? That's the one. There we go. And I'm on Twitter and on my blog at Geetha in Jeans.
0: And if you want to find me, um, I am Kate Coldwind. I am on Facebook under that name. Um, and that's pretty much it for me. But if you come and find us on Facebook, you can also do a search while you're there on Frithcast Pod to find our little page that we keep for this um, fiasco. Um <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a link there to our group and to our discord server where you would be more than welcome to come and join us around uh, the virtual virtual, around campfire. virtual virtual campfire and and just chat to folks um, Yeah, it's all good yeah you'd be more than welcome
1: the, yeah serious topics silly topics surreal topics we get through a whole load of them usually in one evening
0: memes memes we keep the memes yeah, like, we in, have, in a, we have in a, a box little, of their own
1: we have a little place for memes and that's all good too yeah. so If you do fancy coming and sharing some of your favourite creative stuff, we have a little creative arts channel. If you want to just talk to generally have random conversations with some of our lovely listeners, you can do that too. So hopefully we will see you soon around the virtual virtual campfire. We will catch you next time for episode 151 of Frithcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.